Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're discussing a pair of films that dramatize deadly dealings between the Bombay police and the underworld. First up, Shootout at Lokandwala, a Purva Lakia's 2007 action film with Sanjay Dutt as a police officer who will go to any lengths necessary to bring down a notorious gangster played by Vivek Oberoi. Then it's 2013 prequel Sanjay Gupta Shura at Wadala, in which John Abraham plays an infamous Don who brings on the ire of the Bombay police force. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers. Uh, <laughs> we're here for an episode that is it, not overly romantic, <laughs> not overly nice. These are two rather nasty movies. Yeah, pretty violent. Yeah, yeah. These. I don't know what we were thinking. Well, <laughs> we wanted to swing in the other direction um, from our last episode about Renny Mukherjee. And, you know, we, we wanted to only discuss two films and not three. And uh, I'd recently seen this uh, this Malayalam film. Um, oh, let me see if I can pronounce this. Mayanandi, uh, directed by Ashik Abu, um, which is excellent and is about uh, a police encounter. And so that kind of got me somewhat interested in this in this topic and you had mentioned this pair of films and I also thought uh oh man gunfights I love movies like John Wick but this was this was a bit maybe at least especially for the first first film a bit darker than uh than I was anticipating and I will say that um I knew that it was going to be different in tone from this Malayalam film Mayanadi uh that's that's a rather kind of slow, contemplative film, and a, a large part of it is taken up by a love story. These ones aren't. These these aren't at all. And I was expecting gunfights, but I wasn't expecting it to be so brutal. Yeah. But before we get to that, though, yeah. we should say that we've had uh, some uh, good press lately. Oh. Uh, Suchin Mayrotra, former guest of the show, wrote mm-hmm. an article for us for The Hindu. Yes. Which we'll link to in the comments. But uh, it was a great... Uh, piece about uh, Western film fans who are starting to talk about uh, Hindi film more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he highlights a lot of uh, other online commentators like us, including uh, Kathy Gibson from Access Bollywood, another mm-hmm. former guest of the show and, and current friend, mm-hmm. always a friend. So uh, thank you so much for that, Suchin, and we'll leave a link to the article. Uh, and if you're new because of uh, Suchin's article or <laughs> just in general, yeah. welcome. Welcome to our most to violent you. episode yet. <laughs> yes, we are happy to have you, and uh, please take our pronunciations with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes, and usually we talk about movies that are maybe a bit more palatable than these two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, we're here to discuss... Everything that Hindi cinema has to offer, so yeah, let's get into it. But these two films are about encounter killings. Do you want to tell people who are not familiar with that term what it is? Because it's a really interesting term yeah. that I think most police forces probably have. They just don't call it out so readily. Yeah, so an encounter killing is a term used in India and Pakistan to describe killings of suspected gangsters and terrorists um, by the police or armed forces 
allegedly in self-defense. Yeah. So... The legality on this is really fuzzy. And both of these movies kind of play around with it, but Mm -hmm. they don't really get into it that much. And I would say if you're looking for maybe a more nuanced approach to this topic, to to check out Mayanati, which I mentioned at the top of the show. But there's a few Western films that are kind of in this vein, too. I'm thinking of... uh, um, Sicario. Right, yeah. That's, a, that's an extra legal expedition into Mexico to just kill a drug dealer. Yep. Um, yeah, 100%. And you could also probably say that the FBI's campaign against the Black Panthers in the 60s mm-hmm. is also quote unquote encounter mm-hmm. killings because they just decided, yeah, we need to wipe someone off the map. And it's pretty uh, uh, fascist, I would say, that a police force just declares, yeah, we don't have mm-hmm. due process anymore. It's certainly something that happens around the world. Uh, This term just isn't necessarily in usage around the world. Yeah, but it's an interesting thing to make two movies out of because these two are uh, ripped from the headlines, but uh, in the inimitable terms of Shootout at Wadala, uh, based on true rumors, which is a (laughs) That's Shootout at Lokandwala. Lokandwala was based on true rumors? I think they both were. They both said something to that effect. Yeah. And it's interesting that... I mean, these are cases that are probably going to be heavily censored forever, and yet they make essentially cop propaganda movies about them. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I've i talked about this on the show before. I have a huge problem with sometimes the way that Hindi films show police brutality. So. In that it's awesome and that they should do it more often. Yeah. They, uh, they are very pro-brutality. Well, and they see it as a means to an end, and, you know, that's just... That's just not my perspective. Well, we we live in a country where the police are generally not uh, told to do that. And if like there's been some scandals lately. Mm -hmm. You can also look at the phenomenon known as Starlight Tours, which is something that uh, the cops have done in various prairie cities, generally to indigenous people, as an example of similar problems here in Canada. So a starlight tour is when a indigenous person is taken out to the middle of nowhere and left to walk back. And this will be in minus 30. Mm -hmm. So there's some pretty gross stuff that happens here, too. Mm -hmm. There is. Yeah, unfortunately. And I was... I mean, I wasn't looking to these films for nuance Mm -hmm. by any means. (laughs) Because they're called shootout. I was looking to them for gunfights. Um, but I was surprised that I had a very complicated reaction to both of these films, and I couldn't I couldn't shake the fact that they are based on in in some degree on true events, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of you know when when you watch something like John Wick, it's escapist, and I know many people have criticized the amount of gun violence uh, that is in John in films like John Wick that it glorifies gun violence. And so when we sat down to watch these and they started to get going, I thought like, oh, is this is this a mistake? Are these movies that we should really be talking about right now, considering the political climate, considering, you know, the, the issues with gun violence um, here in North America and around the world? And as they went on, I thought, you know, I might not agree with the perspective that these movies are taking, but I think it's important that we talk about this. Yeah, I think both of these approach the the true events, true in quotes, Mm -hmm. with a degree of nuance that adds a little bit more to the story. And we'll get into it with each one. But I think they tried different approaches for each one. And I think one was a lot more successful. 
but I think the other one's probably a lot more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you uh, why don't you introduce the story's first film, Matt? Shootout at Lokandwalo. Sure. So the first shootout film came out in 2007. It was directed by Apoor Valakia and was written by Sanjay Gupta, who I'm assuming goes on to direct Shootout mm-hmm. with Wadala, uh, Suresh Nair, and Apoor Valakia. Uh, great cast in both of these, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah. And that's part of what attracted us to these films is that they have really good cast. Yeah. So uh, starring Amitabh Bachchan in a role that <laughs> must have maybe taken two days to film. Yeah, he's always in the same room. Yeah, uh, he's he's at a, he's in a uh, he's in a courtroom at the end, but really, well, exactly one day for one room, another day for the next room. Yeah, it could honestly have been the other side of the room for all we know about the space of the uh, set. Uh, but Sanjay Dutt is the uh, main guy in this one, and he's playing a character based on a real guy named Aftab Ahmed Khan. Uh, Vivek Oberoi plays Mahindra Maya Dolas, who is the psychotic villain at the uh, heart of it. Mm-hmm. Sunil Shetty, Tushar Kapoor, Rohit Roy, and Arbaz Khan make up the rest of the cast. So this film is based on the 1991 Lakhanwala Complex shootout, um, where the um, Mumbai Police Detection Unit, a.k.a. the Encounter Squad, a.k.a. the ATS, uh, um, they were high-profile officers who essentially would get uh, a uh, bounty, just, yeah, mm-hmm. take out this one criminal, which uh, is kind of crazy to think about. They were later disbanded, probably yeah. for a good reason. Um, but, yeah, uh, so what happens in this film is that uh, Vivek Oberoi and his group of goons, uh, Tushar Kapoor being the main other one, really, um, are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. They go around killing people for fun. Um, some of the most violent shit in the movie happens with them uh, because they smash a guy's hands up at a TV store. They kill a family in the middle of uh, in the open a couple of times for really no reason. Uh, they even curb stomp a guy, which I mm-hmm. I was pretty surprised to see in a Hindi film. That's pretty violent. I don't think I've seen it in any other movie apart from Romper Stomper, and even then it was shot at more of a remove. Um, and they end up at this Lokandwala apartment complex after taking the son of a local land developer hostage. They're trying to mm-hmm. hustle this guy for some money to build something. And the guy is bringing some of the money over, leaves his son as collateral, basically, or even just kind of forgets him there. And then shit pops off at this apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And... I would say about half an hour of the movie is based on this uh, gigantic gunfight. Which the media was there filming. It was kind of known as one of these first encounter killings that took place in real time, in broad daylight, and being covered um, by the minute by the media. Yeah, there's a reporter who um, is called on to uh, kind of follow Sanjay Dutt at an Mm -hmm. earlier case. And she gets the word that this thing's going down at Lakwindala. So she goes there, too, and is on site as it's really popping off. Yeah, she abandons some sort of, like, self-centered, would-be celebrity. Yeah. Who <laughs> she's interviewing. Because there's some real news happening. And uh, I've got to say, the framing story is that Sanjay Dutt and his ATS officers mm-hmm. are explaining themselves to... Amitabh Bachchan, who we later find out is an attorney who's representing them mm-hmm. uh, for, for all the property damage and people they murdered. Yeah. This was a, a confusing film. I, I'm not against, you know, kind of gritty, brutal, difficult violence. I would just this like... This really starts off right at the beginning, extremely yeah. violent. A woman gets run over by a car. I would just like to, it to be used 
for a reason. So this, on one hand, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't fun action. It wasn't a fun shoot em up. It's actually rather difficult to watch at times because it's so, so violent. But, but I felt, I felt like the movie thought this, this was fun. You know what? This was like the closest to the best way to describe this for me. American Sniper. No, like Grindhousey. I was, but I'm thinking like the fact that it's completely pro cop. And all this violent stuff is happening. It's like, yeah, this is like a, a war movie. Except right. it's taking place in a city and not with opposing armies. Yeah, it, it certainly does feel like a propaganda piece. Vivek O'Broy's um, character... Maya. Maya. Um, he's and basically the Joker. He's basically the Joker. We, yeah. And we didn't do a lot of research on um, the real-life events and on the real-life figures again. Because we are it's mostly... Not it's not within our purview. Really. And it's also not entirely based on real life. They change exactly. things for the film. Exactly. But he, you know, he's only shown as sympathetic in one instant where he, like, calls his mom, played by Amrita Singh. And, and she's fantastic in this. She's the best actor. When, like, he knows he's going down. And that's really at the only moment where he's sympathetic. That was the most annoying part in the whole movie because... For about 10 minutes in the middle of the shootout, each of the gangsters calls their loved ones. And A, I'm thinking, well, obviously the cops would have, like, cut the wires or something. And B, I hate all these psychopaths and I'm just waiting for them to die. I don't care about their families. Mm -hmm. Like, you haven't done the work to make me care about these people at all. But at the same time, Sanjay Dutt doesn't come off well either. And maybe it's because Sanjay Dutt is... Not the greatest actor. He has certain limitations. Yes. Um, he's flat and he's wooden and he's one note. He also seems a little bit beyond his prime in this because he's not doing the action. His his buddies no. are really going in there and he's just kind of outside, you know, planning the whole thing. I thought this was going to be Sanjay Dutt actioner, but really mm-hmm. he's kind of the the older chief type guy. And there's there's interesting like outer textural layer that you can that you see when you watch this film knowing that he would go to jail for gun running Mm -hmm, yeah Sanjay (laughs) Dutt himself the actor yeah yeah so it's just like I I have a hard time finding him heroic Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and 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 this film outright kind of implies at the end that if the squad had not been disbanded that they potentially would have stopped the Bombay bombings which I think is a little silly. <laughs> that is some specious logic there. I mean, again, all we know is because of the film Black Friday, but it wasn't like, you know, the ATS could have rolled in and stopped all these guys. That was a gigantic conspiracy going across many countries and mm-hmm. with, you know, tens and tw- 20 people involved. Like, there was no way that any group of uh, cops was going to stop mm-hmm. that. And we acknowledge that, again, we're, we're getting a lot of... Um, the historical knowledge for for understanding kind of the the Mumbai crime scene through cinema, but that's you know what we what we study. I think they could have done a lot more with the media angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, had we had more time with the reporter and maybe like she's talking to her boss, seeing how she should spin these events. 
But this is all essentially being staged because uh, Dutt's character wants a reporter on site so that the mm-hmm. people could see how heroic they're being. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he thinks that he's going to come off well, I think, indicates something about the way the character is written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I just, I find it a compu- confusing piece because I'm, I'm not entirely sure how I'm supposed to feel about it. I do think that the film ultimately is on the side of this police force and does want to glorify their actions. But I also think it's complicated because they're also, like, exalting murderers. Mm -hmm. They're basically no better than the criminals. Yeah, and so I guess... And I'm not saying that either... That the the criminals necessarily needed to be shown as more sympathetic. Um, But at least I would like to feel like the film... Because, again, I don't... Potentially in real life, they were as monstrous as we saw on screen. I don't know. Yeah, they're basically just rave, raving psychopaths. Yeah, and and it's difficult to talk about films like this that are based on true events because uh, those true events do factor into how people feel about the film, how they feel about those events, and also how films can shape how you feel about those events. Mm-hmm. Us coming at this as outsiders, we don't really know, but you know, we we know that we're against police brutality. And so it's complicated to see a film that you feel like is glorifying sanctioned police murdering. Yeah. Film-wise, it's not an exciting film to look at. No. Uh, many of this... It's pretty low budget. The scenes are Amitabh Bachchan and Sanjay Dutt sitting across a table from each other explaining the story. Mm-hmm. And that could almost be TV. But I will say that the actual gunfight is pretty well shot. Yeah. And they used a lot of the actual locations. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting. They even had to ha- set up some hidden cameras to capture some of these action scenes. And so like... But can you imagine living there and then like, oh, oh yeah, by the way, uh, it's about, you know, 20 years later, can we borrow your house to shoot at again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, again, maybe this, like, I mean, you brought up Clint Eastwood earlier with American Sniper and now I'm thinking of... Um, the 1517 to Paris, which asked everyone to come back and relive it, relive this harrowing uh, near-death experience for the sake of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in some sense, you know, maybe maybe you are apt to compare this to uh, to Eastwood. And I would say, like, the politics of this to me feel, you know, like you said earlier, uh, very fascist. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, we we don't really get a dissenting voice on the ATS apart from Bachan saying, you went too big, you killed too many people. Not like, maybe this wasn't the best idea. And then his mm-hmm. argument at the end when defending them is saying, look, you're a judge. You have an armed guard outside your house. Do you want it to be Sanjay Dutt or do you want it to be Vivek Overoy? It's up to you. Mm-hmm. But maybe you don't need to have a guy with a gun outside your house at all. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. Yeah, ultimately, the film believes that the ends justify the means. Definitely. And it also makes it difficult for you to argue with it by having complete psychopaths as the bad guys. Complete psychopaths as the, as the bad guys who are constantly breaking out into song. <laughs> yeah, so this this has quite a few dance sequences, and I can't say that they're particularly well shot. No. It's very flat choreography, just them kind of dancing in a line. Um, There's a lot of bros just like, oh, we're at this pub now. Let's, uh, yeah. let's get on down. I think it's the first time I've ever seen in a Hindi film someone say the word ass during a song, mm. as in a mystical shake your ass, <laughs> which 
I thought was kind of interesting. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, compared to Wadala, which has some pretty good choreography, <laughs> yeah. this was, yeah. I had a lot of issues with the narrative structure of this film. So it has this frame narrative of them explaining to Amitabh Bachchan what happened and him defending them in court. Um, but then consistently throughout kind of the main storyline, it will have these quick minor flashbacks. So someone says that something happens or happened, and then we immediately go to a flashback of it. And so I just found, like, it was all over the time stream. Mm-hmm. And it was constantly... Like a Family Guy episode. It's <laughs> constantly jumping back and forth. And that kind of made it difficult for me to follow it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and eventually gets to this kind of big um, set piece at the end. I was invested in that. But I had a hard time, you know, really caring about any of these characters we're really following the set pieces that led to this. And I, I kind of asked myself, like, does any of this really matter? Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering it's one of those historical biopics. It doesn't appear to be one, or maybe the uh, officers in question didn't think about this that hard. But it doesn't appear to be one where the story has been overly sanitized for uh, the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking Mary Com or Bog Milka Bog, where... Those historical people are basically shown as being saints. They really have no downsides whatsoever. They're just awesome people caught up in a, in that case, an Indian sports system yeah. that doesn't value them very well. But really, their characters have no flaws. Whereas in this, <laughs> Sanjay Dutt's character is a walking pile of flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, maybe the officer didn't care. Or maybe uh, the, you know... Uh, the based on true rumors thing allows them to just make up a bunch of stuff too. It's also interesting to see this kind of genre and narrative in the hands of a of a filmmaker. In this case, Arpuva Lakia, who I don't think has a handle on the cinematic apparatus the way that directors like. Um, Anira Kashyap and Ram Gopalvarma do, who mm-hmm. also have made these kind of these these gangster, these revenge films, these these crime pictures that are based on true events. Mm-hmm. So you know, as we've seen with the things like Sarkar and Gangs of Wasepur, in in a different extent, Ram and Ragav 2.0, or even Maynor Charles, um, which again feels like that's competent crime filmmaking. This, and stylish, too. And stylish. This, I don't think it knows what it's about. And I don't think it really understands what it's saying. I think it could have done a bit more with the period. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could have been, like, a camcorder aspect to the way it was shot that would replicate 1991, especially with the news photography, mm-hmm. which just looks the same as everything else. Um, th- there could have been a bit more technical done to kind of... At least immerse you in the period more. Yeah, and more of an understanding of the the relevance of this kind of event and what it says about um, this moment in time, but also about contemporary issues, which is, I think, what you get with you know what what I that's what Anya Rakashiev does. He understands if I'm going to look back to you know even in something like Bombay Velvet, mm-hmm. he understands if I'm going to look back and. At that time period, this is really a reflection of now. This, to me, again, just felt more like wanting to tell the story of these heroic police officers. And it's not even sleazy enough to be <laughs> no. like a grindhouse knockoff. 
I, I keep thinking about Black Friday on this one. And Black Friday, I was confused and angry. Mm-hmm. And you see how these gigantic wheels are spinning. And, um, you know, hatred is sown among different religious groups in different parts of town and stuff. And at the end, you kind of felt like, man, that's a, that's a huge, confusing question. I don't think there's any way out of this. At the end of this movie, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. I don't even know why it, they were gangsters. They, they just like shooting people. They didn't appear to have any rackets or anything that they did. They didn't, they didn't deal drugs. We had no idea what they did. Yeah, it's lacking a sense of social commentary or maybe even understanding. It's also fun to compare this to Gangs of Wasseypur, which is kind of out in the country compared to uh, uh, Bombay, mm-hmm. Mumbai. It's rural versus urban. And in that one, a large part of the early narrative is based on how hard it is to get a gun, mm-hmm. where you go to get one, you can make one. Whereas in this, they have a friggin' law rocket launcher <laughs> in the time in between Wasepur and Lakwandala. Yeah, it got a lot easier to buy a gun. But even think about Angamali Diaries, yeah. which uh, is so, like, again, a little bit more rural, but also uh, so realistic that it is surprisingly difficult to get any weapons. They have to make grenades out of rocks and, uh, uh, and uh, gunpowder and stuff. It This movie just kind of... It could have done more to explain how they got all this firepower and just the state mm-hmm. of guns in India. I think we've also just been so spoiled of some really, really tight, really well done crime films, um, both fictional and true crime. And this felt clumsy and and unfocused. Yeah. And so it wasn't it wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun by any means. And again, it's fine if a movie's not fun, but it's really dumb. It's really, like, I just didn't really think it was revealing anything to me about the importance of this event, these events, or what it means. You know, again, I I came away being like, oh, these guys could have stopped the Bombay bombings? Yeah. So they're, they, okay. Well, do you know what is fun and is not dumb? What? Our interval song. Okay. It's uh, Bobli Badmash from the Superior Shootout film Shootout at Wadawala. After this. On this month's episode of the Well Endowed Podcast, we're celebrating International Women's Day. We learn how Women Building Futures has grown from a grassroots group to an incredible organization that is changing the face of Alberta's construction industry and lifting women out of poverty. And we sit down with city councillors Bev Eslinger and Sarah Hamilton to talk about women in politics. But first, we'll learn about how the counseling program at YWCA is empowering women in Edmonton. For more information on the Well Endowed Podcast, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. For more information about the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out ecfoundation.org. In Shootout Alokundwala, the titular shootout is reported on by the media in real time, and camera crews are shown set up at the scene. People no longer turn to traditional media outlets like TV when they need to follow a story in real time. They open their phones and they look at Twitter. These days, social media is often how we first hear of major events, both locally and internationally. I often find that navigating the ever-changing social media scene can be a bit of an uphill battle. 
But luckily, there's a podcast on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, that decodes things for me. On Don't Call Me a Guru, two social media strategists, Tyler Jack Butler and Linda Huang, discuss social media strategy. You can find it, Don't Call Me a Guru, at don'tcallmeaguru.wordpress.com. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, go to, and the member podcasts, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was Babbly Badmash from Shootout at Wadala, which is a prequel to our previous film. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting a sequel. <laughs> a pre-sequel. But what we got was instead a prequel. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Sanjay Gupta. And th- this this is the real cast that like drew us in. This has an amazing cast. It stars John Abraham, Anil Kapoor, Kangana Ranawit, Sanu Sood, Manoj Bajpayee, Ronit Roy, and Tushar Kapoor. Again, Tushar Kapoor. Yeah, playing a completely different character. Yeah. And in item numbers, we have Sunny Leone, Priyanka Chopra, and Sophie Chowdhury. I was expecting a lot more Sunny Leone, just because she is front and center on the poster. Yeah, she's basically <laughs> sitting legs wide open with John Abraham behind her. And I thought, maybe she's like a gangster's mall, maybe like... I don't know. Maybe they have a romance or something, but she's not really in the movie that much, which is too bad. She's good. Yeah, yeah. She's mostly in this item number. The film is loosely based on a book, uh, Dongri to Dubai by Hussein Zaidi. Uh, he also wrote Mumbai Avengers, which was the book that Phantom was based on. Another, oh, another. film yeah. that I had a very complicated and ultimately negative relationship with. With. I mean that that kind of follows this one. This one I think is easier to swallow, but yeah. Yeah, but again, loosely based. Yeah. Um, the story is about the killing of Mania Sorbe near Wadala in Mumbai in 1982, and all the characters are based on real people, but most of their names were changed. So the names were changed to protect the guilty. Well, from what I understand. At one point, they were using the real names, and then a trailer came out, and the studio was like, we need to back away from this. That's the nice thing about dubbing, is that you can just uh, yeah. do that. Yeah, because, you know, as as some of you will be aware, the the criminal underworld of Mumbai has their hands in the film industry. And so Definitely a lot more back in the day, that, yeah. Yeah, some figures who did not want to be implicated. Yeah. Um, so the film is... Also told largely in a flashback, there's a there's also a frame narrative on it of John Abraham kind of explaining to Anil Kapoor how his life has ended up this way. And so they're kind of in the back of a police van and John Abraham is pretty much bleeding out as he's telling Anil Kapoor uh, his life story about I mean, how he was in school and yeah. he fell in love with Kanaga Ranawit and he wanted to kind of be an honest guy like Anil Kapoor. And then someone was, like, choking his brother, and he went to go help him, and then his brother stabbed that guy, and so he got thrown in jail for life for being an accessory to murder. It's not a huge spoiler (laughs) to say that John Abraham gets shot in this film. No. As that is the point of the movie. But the extent to which he gets shot is absurd. Yeah. He shot at least, like, 20 times and then is able to tell his whole life story. And get in a fight with Anil Kapoor in the back of a movie car and not die. Yeah, I would say this film is just as violent as his predecessor. Maybe a bit more cartoony, though. But it's, yeah, exactly. It's a bit more cartoonish. It's a bit more stylized. It yeah. has a bit more of, again, that 
that exciting, glossy feel. The cinematography is also, um, at times, pretty lurid and mm-hmm. neon colored in a, in a way that reminded me of uh, Bombay Velvet or uh, maybe more Dick Tracy, which yeah. I, I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the general plot of the film is kind of how John Abraham goes from being, you know, that this this guy who wanted to make a life for himself and he just wanted to find out his test results <laughs> to becoming uh, one of the major dons in the Bombay gangland. Uh, so he ends up in jail where he protects someone, kills his brother, and then he kills his brother while they're eating lunch, <laughs> and he gets blood from the shiv all over his face, and that's like the first day they're in jail. And then he um, he, he meets a strong guy. Yeah, he meets a strong guy, works out a lot, gets revenge on that guy, and then eventually with Tushar Kapoor, they escape from jail, and he starts setting up his criminal enterprise. It's a pretty cool sequence of how they get out of jail yeah. too. And reconnecting with Kangana Ranowit, who is appalled to discover that he's a criminal. After after hooking up with him, it's just like, hey, wait, are you that guy that they're talking about in the newspapers who's the gangster and all violent and stuff? I'm against this. And as his and his gang's body count rises, the police start saying, you know what? We've really got to take this guy in. But there's or, also... Or take a, this guy out. There's also a subplot, though, about... Yeah. Um, uh, Sonasud and Minaj Bejpi's characters, who are Muslim gangsters, who have kind of been given free reign by the police to mm-hmm. deal with another uh, threat. Yeah. Uh, basically, there's these other guys who are um, uh, suspected of raping a young woman in a hotel and killing her uh, husband. And Anil Kapoor is appalled by this, as one would be. But essentially, he lets these two other guys say, take the gloves off and they are able to um, extract revenge on these guys for the woman. Mm -hmm. And eventually they rise up in the underworld as well and their faction and John Abraham's faction come into conflict. Exactly. I had a lot more fun watching this film. I mean, it includes three item numbers. (laughs) Yeah, who wouldn't like that? Uh, And all three are, are pretty fun. Sunny Leone's is in a brothel and she's it's very kind of like uh, Dev Das Chandramukhi, mm-hmm. um, though by no means the uh, the level of filmmaking that you see in Bansali's Dev Das. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, she's got, she's doing like some belly dance stuff. Yeah. Um, got like a big skirt on, decked out in jewels. Kind of a Princess Leia look. Sure. Yeah, like Slave Leia. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Priyanka Chopra is in another nightclub where she's got like LED lights on a one piece jumpsuit. Yeah, like this cat suit. She looks fantastic. That's really fun. It's very similar to the one from uh, Gunde. Yes. Even a similar sort of set. And as uh, longtime listeners know, we (laughs) love the film Gunde. And this is definitely closer to a Gunde than it is uh, Lakwandala. Yeah. And then the last one. Involves uh, Sophie Chattery in like a country western bar. And yeah. I always get excited, you know, to see a, a Bollywood star like John Abraham in a cowboy hat. This is hitting all your buttons. It is, yeah. So I had a lot more fun with this film and I didn't find it as ugly, but ultimately I found it rather vapid. <laughs> it's vapid and I think um, what it does is, you know, we were complaining that Maya isn't really. Um, 
explained it all in Lokandwala. Well, we definitely understand <laughs> everything about uh, Manya's survey. He's given about as identifiable a backstory, and you're supposed to empathize with him basically 100% mm-hmm. until maybe sexually assaulting Kangana Ranawit. And depending on how much you like various people, him murdering them, you know, that's going to ring some alarm bells. But for the first hour and a half, he's basically like, yeah, innocent man. We love this guy. He's fighting entirely bad guys. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he can't help but become a criminal himself because it's a killer-be-killed world. Yeah. So I think Luckendall is probably a bit more realistic in that, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone is a given a filmy backstory of being an innocent man in jail. He, Tushar Kapoor at one point even says, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all innocent in here. You're going to get along just fine. Um, but uh, uh, interestingly, I thought K- Tushar Kapoor actually did a really good job in this movie where he was almost a non-entity in uh, Lokandwala. Mm-hmm. Um, he's essentially... It's John notable I- that he's in both films playing different characters. Yeah, and uh, for the fir- the half of the first movie, I thought, where do I know this guy? Oh, yeah, he's the main character, Masizade. <laughs> the worst film that we have watched in the entire history of this podcast. Okay. Um, but... He actually acquits himself pretty well in the Wadala. He could have, mm-hmm. he, he's kind of, in the vein of an Uday Chopra, is kind of like a, not a lovable sidekick, but like, you know, an enjoyable weasel that you <laughs> uh, keep around. What did you think of uh, the performances from this stacked cast? Well, I thought that Sonasud and Manaj Bajpayee were excellent. Yeah, they're, they're really good. They were born to play gangsters in the 70s, and I especially like how their characters are tied into film history. Mm. Uh the movie starts in 1970 and goes until 1982. Mm-hmm. And when they're when they're introduced, the film Shole has come out, and they're introduced in a movie theater smashing a bunch of gangsters. Yeah. And Anil Kapoor later says that they thought of themselves as being giant Viru, mm-hmm. which I think is just a fun callback. We love that sort of thing. But but also potentially, like, true. It makes know? sense that people would have liked honest. those characters, yeah. right? Like, you might have modeled yourself after them if you were a criminal, because... They're criminals in that movie. Yeah. So I thought they did a great job. I think Anil Kapoor probably could have cooled it with the analogies about <laughs> animals and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And There's so many. like uh, Abraham as well. Like, there's yeah. lions, there's jackals. <laughs> there's, there's so many cliche turns of phrases. <laughs> yeah. But there's some pretty good one-liners. And, uh, yeah, um, Anil Kapoor being an action hero like that, that's mm-hmm. good. He's He acquits himself nicely. Um, and John Abraham, apart from the fact that we're supposed to believe that he wasn't built like a brick shit house before he went to jail, and right. then he only he works right. out with the strong guy a bunch, and then gets huge. <laughs> apart from that, I think he did a great job. He really is the one kind of like selling the tickets to the gun show. He he got a, he, <laughs> as I said on Facebook, he heard that there was a gun show, but wasn't entirely sure what that meant. So he's got his shirt off half the time. He's benching, you know, quite a bit. It's it's fun. Yeah, and it's you know, I I kind of like this uh, this this character who is, I think by the end irredeemable, but there you know because of kind of the narrative that we're told about him being um, wrongly convicted and uh, getting life and then kind of having to essentially turn to a life of crime because what else is he going to do? You know, is he going to rot in jail or is he going to escape and try and, like, you mm-hmm. know, do something? Um, I think Abraham brings maybe not a whole lot of nuance and depth, <laughs> but he brings some some charm and likability while still being willing to go unlikable. He's still willing to show himself 
in a negative way. I'll and say that this- he has three all-timer yell at the sky going, ah! <laughs> yeah. And he does that three times. One of the most kind of detailed sex scenes I've seen twice in, in a mainstream Bollywood yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Ban Baja Barat, I remember being fairly detailed as well. And De- Delhi Belly, that was uh, yeah, uh, at it's least said out loud. But uh, yeah, never this was seen a sex scene before. But this is pretty. Usually they're a bit more chaste, but this was like all right. There's yeah, there's some there's some thrusting, some thrusting and. We're kind of lingering on Kanagonaranowitz's uh, ecstatic face. It's a uh, yeah. It's mildly sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was great. Um, would but, you recommend either of these films? I would definitely recommend Shoot at Wadala. Yeah, I think it stands really well in the recent uh, '70s gangster stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say that Maynor Charles probably does a better job of setting you in the era. If I mm. If I didn't know that this was 1982 from the various Chirons on display, I think that I might not have guessed. Pretty 82. Like the clothing, a little bit, and the the fact that there's no cell phones, and yeah. the fact that it ties into Shole and all this, it, it does a little bit. It certainly does more than Lakwandwala does. But uh, I, yeah, this is you know I would say better than Raiz. Oh um, yeah. I would say it's on a par with uh, Daddy, which was quite good. Uh, Gunde, which we loved, but uh, I guess a bunch of people didn't. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it, it's, like, it's a solid watch. I will say that I like Sonny Leone's I Don't Never Race better. Yeah, but there's a bit more going on there because uh, Shahrukh is you know going through the back room shooting a bunch of guys and flying through the air, and that's kind of cool yeah. while she dances. So, And that one's a takeoff of an old 80s song, too. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. believe is also titled Layla. Yeah. I think they're both titled Layla. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, these films are tough for me. And I don't necessarily know um, if the audience um, in in India or the uh, or in the diaspora uh, are familiar. or ha- I don't know how familiar the audience would be with these events. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how much the film is expecting you to have a relationship with these news stories, to be aware of some of these figures beforehand. Yeah. And so... I'm not entirely sure if there's meetings and criticisms that I'm missing, if I'm supposed to take them at... And and, and I've kind of deliberately not done a lot of research because I do just want to look at the films. Yeah, we we don't want to look at it as an artifact of what actually happened. We just want to see if the movie's any good. Yeah, exactly. We're not Indian history scholars. We're not criminologists. Um, I don't even know what criminologists do. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) So... So kind of taken for face value, I find them frustrating. Hmm. I, I, I found them, I, especially Lokwandala. Wadala, not as much, but there's still like an itch in the back of my mind that is like, this this is, this is based somewhat on true events. And the larger questions I have about encounter killings, I'm not going to get answered in Not from these, these two films. movies. I don't think so. Um and that's okay. You know, I, I still know that I'm against things like police brutality and people being uh, killed without a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I did have fun with Wadala. Yeah. I will, just, I will say I think the difficult. shootout, the titular shootout in Lakandwala is much better than the shootout in Wadala. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, that's like a half hour affair. There's all this... Um, extra stuff that happens. Uh, 
funnily, while I was looking up uh, this um, film, because uh, we watched it on Neros now and had some difficulty uh, with it. it. It wasn't working very well. So I was looking around on Google trying to see what I could do. And there is a extremely detailed entry <laughs> in the Internet Movie Firearms Database, mm-hmm. and a website I didn't know about before. But I had a little bit of fun learning about the different guns because this is fetishistic about guns, yeah. um, as are many films. But I think the actual gunfight itself is a lot more exciting in the uh, um, uh, look and roll. Yeah, I'd have to agree, but that's probably the only thing that I... Well, that and Amrita Singh is pro- are probably the only things that I really enjoyed about Look Wandala. Whereas Wandala, you know, again, like like you talk about the the period is a bit more interesting with the way that they use the period is a bit more interesting. Yeah. And, you know, these item numbers are glossy and fun. I will rewatch, certainly, um, Priyanka Chopra's Badly Bamash. It definitely glorifies the criminal underworld in a way that I've seen in many other films and enjoy. But I don't know if I can honestly say, you know, that I entirely appreciate it. Yeah, and I've always kind of had a love of violent cinema. I love gangster movies. But, you know, the, the more that that this violence seems to be affecting our, our the world that we live in, the more I am starting to, to question my love of, of movies like these. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I didn't quite love either of these movies, but, you know, I, I do love a lot of movies that are in this vein, that are similar. And, we saw John Wick in theaters six times, folks. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, if anyone wants to say, oh, you know, you can't hack it watching violent movies, <laughs> we watch violent movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week I bought Cops versus Thugs and Doberman Cop, which are two 70s Yakuza pictures, which were extremely violent. Yeah. And I loved every minute of them. So um, I think it's the interplay between the police and the cops in this that does make them um, difficult to appreciate. Yeah, I agree. And and again, like I'm just, I'm starting to, I, I'm, I've never been one who kind of has believed all of this knee-jerk backlash to kind of violence in the media being the result of real-life violence. But I can't deny that it does desensitize us. It does normalize us. And when you live in a culture and a society where it's easy to access weapons like firearms... Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 you see these movies where it looks cool to you know fire off thousands and thousands of rounds against the cops. That does have ramifications, and I'm I'm starting to have to question that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't know if I can come to a, to a conclusion right now about how I feel about my relationship with violence on screen. But these movies, I found really tested um, how far I'm willing to go mm. with certain glorifications of certain kinds of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in... Uh... And I'm sure I'm not the only one grappling with this. I'm sure I'm not the only cinephile and film fan who, you know, has for years loved gangster movies who's now starting to to, to say, wow, we might be reaching a breaking point. Okay. Well, on that cheery note, <laughs> I think we'll probably call it a podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Where can it, people find us, Erin? <laughs> um, well, first, we will be back in uh, two weeks with another episode. And uh, Matt, you're really excited about what we're doing in two I weeks. I mean, there might be a lot more violent stuff that happens in this one, too. So we'll see how much Erin appreciates that. To be fair, this is going to have to be an ongoing conversation because... Uh, you know, movies are full of guns. Yeah. As Jean-Luc Godard said, all you need to make a movie is a girl and a gun. Yeah. Well, um, in this case, uh, all you need to make a movie is the biggest actor in the entire world, mm -hmm. uh, Amitabh Bachchan. So we're going to continue our series of looking at one film per year from the Big B. Keep an eye out in the next two weeks for that one. Yeah, this is a series that we're kind of building on, um, of looking at one film of his from... A given year that he has been working because he's been going for like 40 years so <laughs> so we can get a lot of episodes out of this and hopefully you know once we've covered a good section of uh his filmography um and all of the decades and years that he's been making movies we'll have a good understanding of like the different eras of Amitabh Bachchan and you know and his his overall star persona yeah how has his uh how has he impacted the industry and how has it changed him over the years? So, In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can find us on all of your podcasting platforms, including Google Play. If you're an Android listener, look us up on Google Play. That's the best way to get us. Mm -hmm. We're also on Audio Boom, and selected episodes are available on G Radio. Yeah. You uh, can follow the show on Twitter at Bollywood Pod. I am also on Twitter at Erin e. Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. And I'm at Matt Bowes, M A T T underscore B O W E S. Um, you can also check us out on Tumblr, Bollywood is for Lovers .com. And on Facebook, just type in Bollywood is for Lovers. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it really helps new people find the show. And while you're over on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk, Trash Art and the Movies. We just did an episode all about basketball for March Madness, uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun over there at Trash Art and the Movies. Yeah, you guys seem to have a great time. It's a, it's a, it's a lot more wholesome than our episode this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, you've you've encountered some pretty difficult material on that one, too. Yeah, we some once watched which... Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS. So. Yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> if these films were trying my patience of uh, the lengths I'm willing to go for a podcast, that film really got yeah, to me. Yeah, that was, that was the one I almost broke you. <laughs> and on that happy note... Yeah, bye. <laughs>